You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Welcome, welcome to the Art Heroes podcast, guys. My name is Maria JD. I'm your host and Art Heroes is the podcast for digital artists and digital creators of all kinds. And I'm extremely excited to introduce you to our guest for today. Today, we're talking to John Cormican. John had a successful 23-year career in film and TV, starting with being part of the design team creating the special makeup effects for Hellraiser in 1987, a cult indie horror film you probably remember, working on big budget films like Gladiator, winning an Emmy in 2002 for his prosthetic work in Jim Henson's Jack and the Beanstalk, The Real Story. And then in 2005, John started working at Madame Tussauds, legendary, legendary museum, where he sculpted some of his favorite portraits during this time, Snoop Dogg, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Ray from Star Wars. At times, John was sculpting over six portraits a year. This is insane. I'm really excited to learn from John, and I hope you guys are too by now. Please welcome John. John, uh, we're now live. Thank you so much to come in, for coming to Art Kiro's podcast. It's a real honor to have you here. Uh, really, really appreciate your time, and very welcome. Uh, thank you. But... Maria, I feel like the honest mine. Um, I, I've seen our heroes, uh, and it's full of some of my heroes. And um, and I've watched you. I think you're very skilled at what you do. So I feel in that that's mutual. There's a mutual um, honouring going on here. Okay. Well, amazing. Um, I don't even know where to start with because I have so many questions to you. But you know, as we always do, let's just start with your story, and uh, you know, just. Uh, um, what do you now do and how you got there? I don't know if that's even possible to quickly bring to our audience, but let's, 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 let's start because, you know, um, you've got so many things to, uh, to share. So that's, that, that's kind because it is, I've been around for a long time, so it's rather long. And, and I thought, do you know what? The only reason that I'm sharing this with you, I don't talk about myself if I can help it, but it's just to encourage people on their journey. So at some point, someone might relate to this, but um, it, it, it was a lot to do with just connections. And they honestly were just friendly connections, a friend of a friend putting me in touch with someone. And, um, and I started working as doing some model making. And I was, I didn't, I'm not taught, I've never been to a, a lesson in sculpture or anything. Um, and someone just, he just, I don't know, he had a lot of faith in me, more than I had. And he said, it's very easy. We're sculpting uh, heads. And he said, he blocked out one side in wet clay. And he said, just copy it and do the other side. And he was almost a bit cross with me, just, just finish it. So I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and I could do that. Um, and then, um, I, so I was doing, working in model making. And then again, a chance meeting. That's why I'm telling you this is just that, some of the, the relationships you have with people, they're so important, I think, on my journey has been. 100%. Isn't there? You, I'm, I'm a sort of people person, and I think, you know, you make lots of friends and, and, and you, you benefit greatly from that. So I found myself um, at the beginning of a, uh, an effects company, right in the, in the 80s at the, the height of rubber effects. It was, it was amazing. And we were all kids in our early 20s at the time. Um, and I was... I worked so hard. I was, I just worked like ridiculously, voraciously, if that's a word, hard, in an environment that was working very hard, 17 hour days, seven days a week. Um, it was brutal sometimes working um, all night. Um, <laughs> but I was surrounded by people who were devoted to the art. And, and, and in my way, I was devoted to that art as well. Um, Never stopped with that devotion and hard work. And I won an Emmy, which was great. I mean, a really nice experience. It wasn't like the best piece of work I ever done, although um, it, I liked it and I liked what I did. But there was other jobs that I did that won no awards. Um, winning an award is, is a great honor, um, but it's not always like the best thing. And then I did uh, hard times and good times in, in that field. 
um, some real bitter defeats. I ended up um, feeling squeezed out of that industry. The most painful experience I think I've ever had was having doors that were once open to me closed. Um, but that's why I think, um, you know, if and if that's happening to someone right now, it's just just having faith in your um, belief in yourself is crucial because through that I ended up um, working at Madame Tussauds again through a friend um, telling me about uh, what they called it. Um, you would go and get interviewed, and I had my interview, and I got into Madame Tussauds, and I was particularly enjoyed doing portrait sculpting. Um, in the film business. In the film, I'd get a week to do something. In Two Swords, I knew in the, in many years ago, they used to take like six months, three months. By the time I arrived, it's more, um, the business has taken over and so you get five weeks. But I um, I worked, I so I relearned a little because it was similar to what I used to do, but also a very different skill, much more precise. And um, so I worked hard, ferociously. And um, I remember one day, Saturday night and I'm in the, the workshop in the olden days before health and safety and it's 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm just working on my own. I just just absolutely obsessed and enjoying what I was doing and I wanted the lighting to be turning off all the lights in this big studio that houses about 30 odd sculptors. Just, yeah, I, I, I guess that might sound a bit geeky to be um, so passionate about what I was doing, but that's, that's how I am. I wanted it to, to be the best. I think that's a big driver for me. Um, I didn't enjoy the politics and I didn't feel valued. So that's a thing which I, again, mm -hmm. I thought, mm -hmm. be quite happy to not talk about that. But I thought, you know, if someone's working in, the, in an industry and not feeling valued, oh, I really, really understand that. But my, I have a, a Buddhist practice, very strong Buddhist philosophy about creating value wherever, wherever I am and always with the person in front of me. So, so I, I've, I found myself um, devoting myself to trying to be the best um, person I could within the environment. And, and I got made redundant in the end. And, and at the time of the redundancy, I'd, um, I'd, I was determined to be either happy to stay and carry on or happy to go, delighted to stay or delighted to go. And, and when I got made redundant, I was delighted because I was going to, that was my decision was, it was my decision to be delighted with whatever happened. Um, and, and then I find myself um, here in this position um, where I'm, I've got no connections, I've got no, um, <laughs> no clue as how to be a, a fine artist. But I'm back to my thing, working hard, ferociously, um, and, and just a lot of belief. So last night I was up till three in the morning um, working on this project because ZBrush, man alive. I, I've just had two days where I'm just like, I love it. I absolutely love it. But there's a lot of pain that goes with it. So, so there's, that's me. Um, it, uh, it's... I got very high standards and I've um, surrounded myself with people who are really good and wanted to emulate them and, and be as good as that. I find this story fascinating. And uh, as I told you, just like, you know, five minutes before we started recording, um, you've got a very unique path that doesn't go, you know, from traditional to digital, uh, but goes kind of a, you know, uh, digital to traditional and then uh, to something that is still still evolving mm -hmm. but um, you know I really wanted to um, ask you uh, about something that was just like right in the very beginning uh, what was it like actually because most people that are listening to this have no idea what was the industry like the tv and film industry back in the day I think it's fascinating that you actually that you were there as a 20 year old so what was it like working um, in film and TV back in the day? Because you've got uh, some really like big shows, shows behind your back. Uh, so I think uh, uh, you worked in on Gladiator, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah. So like, what was your, you know, your contribution like? And uh, what was the, you know, like uh, the tools that you used uh, because, Nowadays, yeah, it's like ZBrush and, uh, you know, the very familiar to everybody pipeline. 
what did you use back in the day and how was it made? So in, in the day when I was working, everything was practically everything was um, in camera. So um, if you saw it, the chances are someone had made it and everything was cleverly filmed around the fact that we couldn't do things. Um, uh, so, so we're working in uh, clay. When I first arrived, we we're working in um, wet clay and plaster, plaster moulds. And, um, and I remember when fiberglass started becoming a, a, a big thing and we're starting to do moulds in this thinner material, not so nice to work with. And, um, and, then, um, and then the materials started off in foam rubber. Great, amazing stuff you could do with it, but it had its, its limitations. And then people were starting to, something that I never found interesting, that people who, who like to um, explore and use different chemicals, there's, I always think there's always a place for someone and what interests them. So if, so if stuff interests you, don't run away from it. It might be that it's just your ticket to get you where you want to go to. I'm just gone off track there with it, that some people liked exploring things, but what happened was we saw um, different materials, gelatin makeups coming in and then silicon makeups. And that sort of, that changed everything because all of a sudden everything got, uh, the, 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 the skill levels just got upped because you could do such wonderful things with silicon appliances. And then running concurrently with that is um, what I called HD camera work. So I remember, um, working on my first project, which had an HD cameraman and they had an HD advisor who would talk to us because it was like, it was new. And we're like, everything in my world was all fake. And, and on film, you couldn't see the lace in people's wigs and, um, and edges. It was, that was our, the thing was where our piece ended and the skin starts was, that was our edge. And that was the, the nightmare of trying to keep that alive in a business where they film long shots all the people in a room say, and then they go in Zoom for the medium shots, two people talking, and then they go at the end of the day for the close-up. So if your person had prosthetic makeup on, at the end of the day, all your work, which has just been sweated off and is literally falling off, is when you're gonna be, have your big screen moment. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hard. Again, all the things I think that, that are hard, that drink, almost bring you to tears, are the things that end up being uh, can be your greatest benefit because um, they really strengthen you. And if you can be strong in this world, I think you, you can you can weather whatever life throws at you. And um, and so there we are. We're thrown um, high definition and um, uh, silicon makeup. And I'm just starting to. That's me just starting to ease out of that business around that time. Does that is that sort of the the, the level of interest about the the things that I was doing? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, like, I actually, I was also like following up on what you said. Like, uh, I was also curious uh, because, like, the pipelines were so different. So, uh, your position was uh, uh, make special makeup effects, right? Artist. Uh, yeah. So, what does this uh, mean, and where does it fall in the whole like pipeline of uh, the creation? And uh, you know, how how many hours? does it involve and where is this in terms of like production? Ah, oh, so that's interesting. Working on small budget films, you had so much involvement. Like I worked on Hellraiser and I was there designing with the director. There was a team of us and we were, we were just um, formulating by design this, the look of this um, horror film, so involved. When I get to um, working on Gladiator, big, massive production with Ridley Scott and um, Russell Crowe and stuff like that, I'm a much smaller cog in the wheel. So I, I, I kind of like both things. Um, that, that there's, there's a lot to be had for working on things where you've got so much say, so much involvement, and then things which you have got less. Mm -hmm. Gosh, as I'm talking to you, Maria, I'm thinking, I, I, I listen to you and then I'll answer and then my mind goes off and I'm not even sure I'm answering your no, question. No, 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 absolutely. You actually absolutely are. But I think it's, you know, it's like uh, uh, it's the same even nowadays and uh, with everyone, whenever you're working in a big studio, huge budget, you're just like taking a smaller, uh, a smaller mm -hmm. part. And then, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, absolutely shifting when you're in a smaller team and uh, with a smaller budget. So, uh, so basically um, 
like for uh, whichever production, it was still for you involved in sculpting. So like sculpting assets oh, yeah. and, uh, uh, or, uh, or was it more uh, so something there, else? There was, was it more or less two things, prosthetic makeup and uh -huh. animatronics. So okay. animatronics was the um, mechanical, what are they like, little robots or puppets, things where um, you're, you're, you're doing things that are gonna make something look like it's uh, moving and real. Right. I'm thinking like Yoda, Yoda was a little animatronic. He was part puppet, but he was also he had an eye blink and an eye movement and stuff like that. Um, and then there's um, makeups like in, um, why do I think a legend uh, um, where you've got someone um, where it's it's an actor and they've their appliances stuck on them and it might be that they've got massive great big horns and um, and fangs and eye contacts and stuff like that. That's prosthetic makeup where it's a person's face or a person's body um, is is moving it. And so you need um, designers. Uh, designing which like I say I'd get to do that mm -hmm. sometimes you'd get uh, sculptors sculpting the thing which is mainly what I would do and then you'd have people fabricating the thing and then painters painting it um, and then if it was wow. um, prosthetic then you'd have uh, makeup artists so so I was a, a makeup artist I always say to people um at heart, I'm a lovey. You know, if I meet you, I'll kiss you on both sides of the cheeks. Because uh, not just because you're a woman. If you're a man, I just I'm a makeup artist. I'm literally working around the eyelashes of of um, the the actors that I'm working on, hands on, um, and also having to deal with um, you know nursing their egos and 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 working with a person, which is part of the skill that you need. Um, so. Yeah. So there were two different, two different avenues, and, and that's what I did. Sculpting, painting, and application of makeup. And then a, and a wealth of on-set experience. Wow. Oh, I loved it. I, I did love and adore makeup effects, but, um, but when I leapt from makeup effects to portraiture, to swords, I was, I remember people would ask me at two swords, um, they all wanted to work in film. I've come from film, like you say, in this strange thing, um, path. And they would ask me, I got asked so many times, don't you miss film? And without a blink of an eye or missing a beat, I've let no. I did for 23 years um, and I worked, like I said, so hard and I gave it everything and I loved it to bits. I absolutely adored it. Um, the, and, and, and I mentioned Hellraiser at the time, for a long time, everyone knew about Hellraiser. It, was, it made a little splash in a sort of cult way. And not, you can work in, in an industry and never work on, it's, you don't get to choose what's successful, what's good even yeah. um, when you're technician like that. So um, yeah, I happened to work on something that a lot of people respected. And I still every now and then go off and do um, talks on stage at a makeup show or something um, because people are interested about it. So that, that, that was great, but my, my thing was um, portraiture was just ran through my veins. The pursuit of trying to make a lump of clay look like someone. Ah, oh, it's just, yeah, I, I guess it, you either have it or you don't, is it? I don't oh, yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. But you know, like uh, there is still a little bit of an argument uh, whether you can uh, uh, train this muscle or you're born with it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, Interesting. What do you, know, you think? Do you think I mean, it's trained or? I think you definitely have to have uh, a natural interest or like really early on you have to um, you have to get like an influence influenced by someone mm -hmm. who has who like you know puts the seed in you and then you just start exploring mm -hmm. and exploring and I think you have to really dig it out um mm. if you have it so kind of a, you know that's that's my perspective but i don't really know if uh if it's trained from zero it's a huge discussion right whether like to what level our genetics um are influencing uh, I, I, where are we <laughs> i liked your I, I think you you hit the nail on the head by that it's first you need an interest if you're not interested then yeah. but if you're interested no. then i i think i don't know uh, I, I think I, I could take someone from zero and, and, and help them improve. Um, but then yeah. is it enough of me to say, I think it's not that it's easy, it's incredibly hard. It's almost impossible, but, but there, I don't know. Part of me thinks on one hand, it's, it is 
easy. Um, you just have to you have to just be stubborn and not stop until it looks like them. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, there's there's the thing. And and if you can um, correct mistakes, that's why I'm loving zebra so much. <laughs> if you can, that it's easier than in clay. Yeah. In an actual clay, I mean, like oh, <laughs> blocks. That that was that was something which I found at Two Swords. Seen um, one of the the greatest sculptors. I, I um, at Two Swords, this guy Louis um, Wiltshire. He was like one of the, the the best sculptors, and he could literally have a a, a face that was um, all but finished. And if he he felt like it needed to be just a fraction longer or just change, he would get uh, wire cutters. Um, so it's just the length of wire and then cheese wire off um, a chunk of the face. Poof. Everyone, everyone in the workshop is that. <laughs> and then he'd pick it up and put it where he wanted it. And then because he knew he could just re-sculpt anything. And, and like, say eyes, eyes, very, everything in the portraiture has a lot to do with eyes, isn't it? So if, if an eye is set too far back or forward, you only kind of find that out right towards the end. And so... As a, as a sculptor, you're either, if you're in, in the pursuit of excellence, you're, it, you're not going to, once you realize those eyes or one eye is just not set right, then it, it's got to change. So it's quite painful to cut literally because it's like with a knife, it's quite brutal. Um, and you can take an eye out and then um, reposition it um, to where you think, ah, oh, that's it. And then just make it good. And you, you sculpted it once, you can sculpt it again. Uh, it, it's a, I think it's a little lesson in life is like not to shy away from something just because it's like, ah, that's the worst thing in the world is actually, well, I did it once, I can do it again. Mm. Wow, I think that's actually a great tip. And it's so true uh, about the eyes and the, you know, and, and the portraits because that's actually the, the thing that, uh, that makes it more believable and mm. uh, uh, more, I would say, um, like, um, looking like the person because that's where our our attention goes right to the eyes so actually and actually that's 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 what i wanted to go a little bit uh deeper in um talking about just you know your experience with madame Tussauds and with portraits and sculpting all these people because madame Tussauds standards are pretty high i mean it's known for um for the standards for being able to recreate this believable um humans. So what do you think uh, is the thing that makes it, that makes a person or like a sculpt uh, looking like, and what's the, the essential like steps of the process uh, to make sure that you're not lying to yourself as a sculptor? Interesting. Interesting. How would you even so, approach it? You know, like, would you, how would you get references? Like, Again, like now we've got like all the scan data mm -hmm. and, you know, 360s. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was the case that this was available to you before. I mean, not scan data probably, but at least like, you know, 360 pictures or something. Mm. Well, in interesting. When, when I first started there, there was, um, they'd uh, scanned the two guys from um, your UK listeners will know this. Um, is it Little Britain? Matt? Matt oh, yeah. Lucas and um, and David Wallam, and that was that's when I first arrived there, and they were there. Um, they'd been scanned, and um, and they used that um, te uh, technology as reference. But we were doing it the old style, um, so it was. Um, and when I say old style, it had been invented in this one guy who was there in his lifetime. He formulated. So there's a formula for Madame Tussauds. So it's not like you're working it out each time. And it's basically front on um, photograph blown up to what we call life size. So the distance mm -hmm. between the pupils is the same as the actual person. And then uh, a profile shot and then matching those two up. And then from that, you get um, a profile that's correct and then front on that's correct. And then it's working with other photographs to work out what's happening using photographs looking up and down uh, at mm. crucial. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a formula. So in a way um, they've done it because it's a big business, big corporate business. Sure. They've done it so that um, theoretically you could get pulled off a portrait and someone else could just st step back in and, and, and carry on with your work. How I cool. Mean, well, it's 
cruel it's cruel if you're as an artist because you're like you get very possessive it's like no but um yeah yeah but so like all the portraits um were taken specifically for madame Tussaud, so uh it's not like taking random references it's actually like specifically it's, created for yeah so that it's there's two types of portraits at Tussauds. There's um, what we'd call um, uh, a sit-in. That meant we met the person and we took hundreds of um, photographs and hundreds of measurements. So yeah. these are, and you can see this all online, I'm sure on YouTube and stuff like that. You can see dots on their faces and measurements taken from all these dots. Yeah. And then you're just making sure you're doing the same thing. I'm dying to tell you about how, um, there's, um, for, for the portrait artists out here, um, is that when it comes to photographs, when you see someone and you see what I'd call a, a silhouette, an outline, that's really real. If you're trying to work out the, what's happening on the inside of my eye, that's, uh, that's conjecture because you don't really know. But that line of my forehead is so true that, um, that you end up, um, the, the photographs that really interest you are not the ones that are looking straight on, but all the ones that are off at different angles, because then if you're like looking at three quarters from the back, that's gonna tell you what's happening here more than trying to work it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I've been, I just so wanted to get that bit of information. Yeah, no, in. <laughs> absolutely. This is this is actually what I was uh, what I was really curious about. Uh, how do you? What are the the main like points of reference as well? I mean, uh, and okay. it has can, to be done on scale. Yeah, and can and can I say? I mean, this is me. So this is just me talking personally, and I loved working there, and the people super super talented and and the level is so high and you're all jostling up there to to try and be the best up there in in the dizzy heights um and it was very competitive and i loved it and really i think working with lots of um really good people is um and having mentors another way yeah. of putting it is really important so so there's sit-ins you've met the person yeah, sit -ins. that's great and then there's, um, if they're either dead or not interested. Yeah, like, I don't know, Adolf Hitler, Vladimir yeah, yeah, Putin. Yeah. Like... And it's called a, what we call a reference portrait. And then you're using just the old scale. That's, that's, they're both really hard because if you've got all the information. And the other thing that's super important about um, Two Swords is everything's critiqued. Another reason why to make great connections with people because when you've got a friendly connection with a very good artist you can ask them what do you see because they'll see things that you have got blind to or there's a favorite bit of your sculpt you don't want to change it it, it took you ages to get to that but bugger if I'm going to change that and then an, uh, someone else's eye and it's called it the and it's a massive part of the two swords process it looks everything looks so good because everything's critiqued and the best people are critiqued by other people who are the best um so oh again that was really important that I said that but I'm, I'm talking about the two different things oh yeah so they're both very hard disciplines and in their own way and and um but you, doing reference is you've got a little bit of freedom so sculpture yes. oh man I used to love that okay. and then you there's doing sort of what pe portraits of people you've got like no interest and then people you've got a lot of interest and the bit that I wanted to say and it's not everyone's bag not everyone's cup of tea um at two swords is if I'm doing someone if they're a if they write books I want to read one of their books if they're a pop star I want to listen to their songs I want to I had this thing and it's in, built in me is you know this pursuit of perfection is um, I want the person's mother to cry when they see this portrait is how I used to run. <laughs> oh my God, that makes my, you know, like that definitely caused some goosebumps here. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mum, right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. So, yeah. so I'd say with all the love of a parent, um, I, I adore my daughter and, um, but yeah, I. I even did a sculpt to my daughter and she wasn't that impressed. She was four years old. And, um, and when she saw it, uh, it was a slight three quarter scale. And, uh, and she's reaching up to an atomic uh, nuclear weapon in that sort of moment of innocence that I'm hoping the audience is gonna be horrified at. And um, 
so I'm doing this very serious piece of art in my mind and she looks at it and, and the, the model of her, which is three quarters scale, slightly smaller than her, had um, purple jello shoes on. And the only thing she ever said about my sculpture was purple yellow shoes, daddy, she was four. And she's like, purple yellow shoes, daddy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, but what do you think of the sculpt of you, hon? And she's like, sculpt, <laughs> she was so cross with me. I haven't got those shoes. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's not photorealistic, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got off on one, but um... no, no, that's perfect. I think I think we're perfectly on track. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, so where do you think you know working for um, for a company like Chassans? Where do you think you got uh, most? I'd say um, artistic freedom, or kind of a, what type of projects? Uh, um, you most enjoyed working on um, because obviously there is the speed and deadlines and uh, um, and you still have to deliver although yeah you you want to deliver your best I understand that it's your best within within the time frames so what were the projects that you really like most enjoyed working on or were, was there something where you can actually see yourself as an artist that's, I mean, for me, that's a bit easy to answer. Just um, some people are very hard to sculpt um, and some people uh, are very easy. They've got a few features and it's easy to hang your hat on and go, oh, it's, it looks like them. Um, so I'm thinking of my favorite portraits in reverse order. I've got B.B. Um, King. So he's a, um, a, a black aged man. Ah, oh, a sculptor's dream. And so I just, I was just a, I was gonna say a pig in Anyway, um, I was just very, very happy sculpting that man's face. And I'm not a, um, a great fan of, of that type of music, but I listened to him, watch his videos. The man was beautiful, absolute. It's great doing that sort of work because the people you do quite often, they're quite spectacular in some way or other. So it's very easy to latch on to, oh my God, this person, I just love them. I love them to bits. And I, I ended up specializing in Asian people. Um, so that was, that was something that I'm really proud of um, is just because um, that that's taking you into a different um, I didn't know the correct term for it, but um, a different type of um, uh, facial structure that's not mm -hmm. yours. It's completely yeah. different to yours. So as a white man doing black people and Asian people, it's like, oh, I would because as, as, a, as a white person, you might look at an Asian um, eye structure and think, yeah, I've got that. But it's like, I used to think, yeah, but if I had, from a baby, had looked at Asian eyelids all of my life, and then along comes someone and tries to sculpt one and he doesn't know exactly, then I'd be shown for being not very good. So to me, I love that challenge of doing Asian people. But anyway, I'm saying my favorite was the black man um, smiling, Beautiful man, beautiful spirit. I just so enjoyed that. Another one was um, Ray from Star Wars. And I put my hands up and say one part of it is because she's so damned attractive. Part of it was that I was working, uh, getting something that had some prestige in my world. Because quite often um, with the politics and stuff, I could end up doing people that you'd never heard of. And it's fine and it's great, but it, it wears you down a little bit when people are, you're getting passed over. And I've got my own reasons, I think, for why I'd be passed over a lot. It's tough. And if someone's working in a business feeling like they're being passed over, one, the, one of the things I thought was that, um, John, you, you won an Emmy, you shone, allow other people their chance to shine and, and try and you know, be magnanimous in the fact that you're not getting the work that you wanted to. But when I got Ray, I was like, oh, it's gotta be good. And, and they're difficult. You beautiful women, you're not easy to do just a tiny little thing off. And it's like, it's, it's not there. Uh, a bloke with all his things that, like I say, you can hang, hang, your, hat, hang your hat on. It's, it's kind of a lot easier with a woman and a young woman. It's, oh, it's really challenging. So I loved that. That was great. And I thought I did something quite good um, that I was proud of. And then the bit that I thought was so funny was my one of my favourite ones was Benedict Cumberbatch and um, and I honestly I didn't actually know who he was. I remember being told going down to the office, your next portrait is this guy. Funny name took me ages uh, at the time to learn how to say it, and uh, and I was like, wow, what, what a peculiar looking man. 
oh, that was just such a fantastic job. And, and, and that one, I got to meet the person. So there's a few jobs where um, I'd get to meet the person. And so I met Benedict and he's just like out of control, warm hearted, beautiful, just everything you'd want a, a star to be in your dreams. If you, if you were a fan of him, he's like everything and more than what you dream him to be. Just a lovely, lovely guy. Great to work with as well. Really super cool. In fact, I'm wearing um, these headphones. I don't normally wear these, but you get asked, can, I, can you wear headphones? So I put them in. I was thinking this is, this is just what uh, Benedict was wearing when I did a <laughs> short little period. So it doesn't happen much at, at Two Swords where you're, you've got the person in front of you and you've got your clay sculpt. And you can see there's on the internet, there's pictures of me and him working on the clay. And um, the rest of the time at Two Swords, you're working on photographs. So to actually have the person live, it's like, oh, it's just heaven. And because of his, how can I put it? Just slight, it's not that he's a strange look, he's a handsome, handsome man, isn't he? But he's, he is slightly um, funny looking. And, and that just made the pursuit of getting that right. And his eyes, and I remember him asking in the, in the sit-in, have I got eyes that slightly diverge or, wow. And so um, the, the guy who was um, Louis Wiltshire, who I mentioned before, he, he, he put me in it. He said, um, well, you can ask John that because by the end of five weeks, he's going to know exactly what your eyes do. <laughs> and I, luckily he never came back to that question. But, um, but that, that's something, isn't it? We're, you know, the, the, the people who are very, very traditionally pretty, are pretty because they're very symmetrical and people who aren't like on that spectrum are all, bits are all like this. And, and doing it too much is gonna look awful and doing it not enough is not gonna look right. And, and the pursuit of doing it to look right is um, where you can tell, I, I was like a, that was like a, a, a red flag to a bull for me, I loved it. How interesting. Actually, the reason I asked is because um, we're currently running uh, our first intake of a likeness program. And uh, one of the major topics that our uh, group of students is asking each other, and it's, I'm telling you, this is like a giant thread that constantly comes up. Who is the hardest person to sculpt? Uh, because everyone wants to train to make this perfect likeness, but uh, the majority want to train on something that is hard, on something that will be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think actually um, the discussion almost, almost matched with what you're saying, except you're giving a lot more detail about like why, but I think our kids uh, decided that the hardest are white, females and then there is a little bit of deviation whether that should be uh, a mature female or young female <laughs> so, so something like that so would you say what would you say would be the the most challenging like um portrait for you to sculpt now that would be still um young white female like ideally symmetrical <laughs> yeah yeah I wouldn't be too happy with that. That, that wouldn't interest me um, quite okay. so much. Um, okay. Why is that? I don't I know. Mean, yeah, I mean, like, it probably would be, I don't know, just too easy. Maybe. No, definitely not easy. Definitely okay. not easy. But um, I don't know. If you were to ask me, you know, who's, who, do you, who would you like to sculpt? Um, I've got two people in mind. Um, and they're both... Um, they're both young women, pretty young white girls. But um, so I, I don't know if you know uh, Sophie Scholl, who was. Yeah. Uh, you do. So I've, that's like I've got a burning desire to do a portrait of her. Um, and yeah, with very little reference, which is like super hard. I mean, it's like why? lots of reference. I mean, like I, you don't have to answer, but I still have to ask why. Why Sophie? Yeah. Is it like just visual or is it about the backstory? No, it's completely about the, the backstory. Yeah. Just because she was young. I think the youth, um, the youth of the future, aren't they? I mean, so um, celebrating young people, which is drives me to come and talk with you. I don't like, I don't enjoy it. Although I might sound very easily that I, to talk about myself. It's not hard to talk about yourself and what you do. 
But the thing that drives it is this wanting to um, encourage and support and help um, young people. And, um, and there was a, a young girl who took on um, fascism, isn't it? In its purest sense. And through the written words, um, she fought. And, and you know, non-violence fight, um, it just, it's just everything. And I'm fiercely European, so it, she's just, um, holds everything that I hold kind of quite dear. And yeah. she, uh, the Nazis cut her head off. I mean, yeah. it's brutal. It's, and I'm like, I want to do everything I can to, to right that wrong. I did a, a you know, contentious sculpture of um, George Floyd, rightly or wrongly. Um, I just felt like, I, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm venturing into the world of fine artists and I've got a voice and I want to use it. I, I, I actually, I wanted to explore this more um, because uh, to me, uh, the social mission of art, whether that there will be like traditional or digital art is, I think it's a very strong like notion in terms of digital art. I don't think it's explored enough. So, um, how do you see it for yourself? And, you know, kind of in 21st century, when there is like so much noise already on the internet and just like, you know, like a lot of shiny objects. Uh, so how do you see like the social mission of art and whether there is one, what, what should artists do if there is something that artists should do or what can artists do to express their voice or their, I don't know, concerns or just like, you know, their, um, their threats. So um, what's your take on this whole thing? So, so I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I think I told you, I'm just, just turned 60. I'm just starting again as a, in a new career as an that. artist. And that's, that is like, it's, what can an artist, is, that's what an, uh, an artist um, should do is find their voice and, and use it. And, and, and me, uh, people are gonna have their different things that interest them. What interests me is um, trying to change the, uh, the world and, and how it's working um, in, in a small way culturally. Um, so I want to do things that, uh, that, that address issues that I find like really important. So like Sophie Scholl, like George Floyd, like that the other person I wanted to mention was um, Audrey Hepburn. Oh yeah. Just because is, yeah, I've just, I've seen some great people do Audrey. I, for some reason that woman got under my skin when I was a young, young lad and, um, and, and the work that she did when she was um, a mature woman, I'm just like, um, but, but, but in, in terms of, um, artists and what, what, I don't know. It's just really important to me that I um, uh, express myself. I've got um, um, a wealth of, uh, of experience and I've got a voice that um, I want to use. Can I possibly make a living out of doing it? I have no idea, but, um, but I'm, I'm determined to, to try. And what, what, what better thing to do than, you know, do, I've done all that, that commercial work and done worked, worked for the man, as they say, for so long. And I worked so hard, I gave it everything. And now I'm like, do you know what? It's my time. It's my time to, to try and say what I want to say and not have anyone tell me, um, can you do this? And can you move that just that little bit that way and stuff like that, which is all great stuff. Cause now I can, I think when someone's doing something that you don't like, if you can, endure it then it might be that that will become a little tool that you can use later on in your life in your way that you want to, to use how amazing i mean uh i really love how you said that you're restarting your career uh like right now for the third time and uh i mean um from an external perspective i wouldn't say that it necessarily looks like you're restarting because you're still in the same field i mean but I'm been working in art all the time. Uh -huh. But I'm like learning ZBrush. Blimey. I look at the people. Just recently, you guys posted this woman, her first sculpt. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking at that and thinking, <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm, you know, I'm coming in from a slightly different angle, but I'm, and I've got um, a, a guy who um, lives in Brazil, who's like my teacher. And so once a week, um, he, he helps it. I need it badly because it's, it's complicated. It's like learning a language. Maria, you speak uh, three, is it you told me just? Yeah. Yeah, on a daily basis, yes. But... You see, for someone who just speaks one language, that is, I, I can't comprehend how just, um, if you heard, uh, I once had an Italian girlfriend and for a little time, my world went, and I've got some very good friends and they let you in like family it, Italian people. And so my world went Italian, I loved it. And they're still to this day, very, very close friends. Um, and I, so I was learning a bit of Italian and, and it like opened up my eyes to a completely different culture. Whereas before it was a bit closed and me, I'm half English, half Irish. So I've already come into this world with two slightly different cultures that look at each other in slightly different ways. It just, it's so expansive um, to, to, to see what you're doing. I forgot what I'm saying now. What am I just talking no, about? We're talking about languages and about starting with ZBrush. So would you say that ZBrush is a different language? Exactly. Or it's softer? Maria, you're so kind to me. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm It's just like learning a language, isn't it? And so if with it, there's a basis, and then from that, I can add on things. And then after a while, that basis becomes, yeah, I know that. And then I'm, I'm up a level. And it's, it's climbing up a ladder. And so, again, I wanted, um, while I'm, I'm, I was petrified to come on and talk with you tonight because I'm like, I'm not, you've got artists who've like just started who are brilliant and I'm just learning this software oh my god this is so not true I mean we all know and I'm sure that 100% of our listeners would agree with me that it's not about the tool because it's just another tool how many tools have you seen in your career I mean like I was actually going to ask you how important is the tool but I think we partially already covered that when you said that uh, you know, working in the film, there was one tool replacing another one, and then there was silicon, and uh, yeah. But like, still, um, how do you think? And that's just like you know, as we're rounding up, I think this is very important to mention. How do you think, it, like, uh, important is the tool? Because nowadays there's like hundreds of softwares, and mm. you have to be good in like I don't know, certain percentage of them. So. And then like, you know, you come in from traditional background, I'm sure you can totally like, you know, relate what's, yeah. How important is the tool for the artist? Well, you, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to be pretty good with it, isn't it? If you want to do good work, you've got to be pretty good and skillful with your tool, isn't it? And, and that comes through practice and, and determination and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it's kind of important. Could it, I can't see how it could not be important, but yeah. what tools you use doesn't doesn't matter because then it becomes exactly. what's your character like, and and if I mean, what, what, I'd love to meet some of the people that, that you've interviewed and just think what what's their character like when they're working, and so I'm I'm going to watch a lot of your um, interviews because um, you've interviewed some of my heroes, absolute heroes in digital art that I hold in awe. So. Um, Interesting. I so like, you know, and like coming back to tools, um, you know, like you've just said that, yeah, it's just like the tool and, um, and eventually it doesn't matter what tool you are using, but do you, do you think that um, like artistic skill translates to different tools? So let's say you know how to use clay, then would you be comfortable with, I don't know, wax? Uh, so do you think it's easier to learn every subsequent tool? Again, like building the parallel with languages. Yeah, I was going to say, just like languages, isn't it? It must, if the more language you get, you, you can start to build bridges and bricks with them. Exactly. At the moment, exactly. the, the sculpting I'm doing in, um, in ZBrush is, it's, I'm, I'm a uh, attacking it is that the right word I'm applying it like a like I like me like a traditional sculpture so so I'd started off in symmetry for a very very short period and I was just like um yeah okay that that's enough now I'm um and I did a skull 
I, I, I sculpted a, a skull first and then started putting on, uh, just like I would if I was, so I'm literally, um, there's things that I'm doing. Um, and, and when I'm sculpting, there was this thing where I wouldn't use water. So with clay base, you can um, wash something out and, and get it nice and smooth and, it, and, and rush a finish. And there was this bizarre thought um, process or tradition about not using water, um, but using uh, tooling something until it's finished. And it's quite a, 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 um, a discipline. And so I'm taking that into ZBrush. So I'm not doing the, the, the smooth tool practically at all. I'm just literally building everything up in, um, oh man, when I talk this to you. So, this is so exciting. I love it. Maria, so talking exciting. to you. Yeah. It, I mean, like, I can't wait to see what you actually start making in like digital in, in, in ZBrush because I'm sure that your learning curve with it will be absolutely different and you will you will teach ZBrush to do what you want to do. Interesting. I, I mean, I, that, thank you. That's really kind of you. So. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, a race against time. I, as, a, as someone at my age with a 17-year-old daughter, I've got a lot of... Um, when you're young, you can um, really devote loads of time um, to, to your passion. And, and as you get older, you get all these responsibilities. And, um, and I got big, massive Buddhist responsibility in my um, SGI, Buddhist organization. I got my daughter who's homeschooling. I, I'm trying to get the time in um, injuries because your body isn't the same as it was when you were young. It's... Um, it feels like it's a race against time, but oh man, I just love it. And what I like and, and is, is when there's people out there who are doing things which make me, I was gonna say, uh, quiver and hold my head down and shake my head going, that is so good, I wanted to cry and die. I love it. It's like, because it's what, um, it's what keeps me going. Because I, And I think what happens, this is a little pet theory I've got, is that someone like Picasso, any artist you like, any famous artist, they would look at their work maybe and not really be happy with it, but they look at other, they'll, they'll have someone who they look at their work and think, oh, that is just the best thing ever. And I think as artists, you just got to have that in a contained safe place where it's like, you're not thinking you're rubbish. And if, cause if that crushes you, you're, that's no good, but you, but you, you're always yearning to be better than you are and, and, and I've got that in abundance. And, and the digital world is a great big spectrum of gorgeous, too, fabulous too world. Easy, too easy to see a, a bunch of artists because that's where they are in digital, just like there. Yeah. I must admit, from coming from workshops where I'm surrounded shoulder to shoulder with lovely um, guys and girls working together, um, talented people, and now I'm on my own and I'm just, I got a, a small little workshop at my back and I'm working indoors now on ZBrush. My, my community is now Instagram and I'm loving that. And it's, it's with like people like you and, and, and the people that you've shown me. Uh, it's, it's a really nice community, I think. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for saying this. I think this is also a huge inspiration for many artists. No, seriously. I think, you know, just like the whole, um, the whole ability and the energy to make the shift and the decision to you know to take a to take it around turn around and uh, uh, do something new no matter like the level of your responsibilities and no matter um, you know like uh, the knowledge you have about the software it's just like you know for me this is insanely inspiring uh, to see that uh, it's not like okay once you're doing something you're just like doing something for like you know forever and ever My, the thing that i would really like is i i want i did I, I am i have got a little mission here with you maria and i would like to inspire people i would kind of like people that when they're 60 they're still like as f freshly excited about what they're doing as they were when they were whatever they they are listening to this now i really think that the artist um it doesn't matter how things evolve from cave paintings it's you know, it's telling stories, it's, it's celebrating your humanity in some way or other. 
spectacularly or fantastically or very realistically and and that will never change and so I think there'll always be a place for us artists to to, to do our thing and, and aren't we lucky and that's what's nice isn't it I mean joined you tonight to, to to join in that community of some very cool people absolutely absolutely john we've got a little tradition here yes. for all the cool people so <laughs> <laughs> so uh i've got 10 short questions to yes. you it's a little questionnaire so you're allowed like one sentence uh to answer each question ready i'm ready okay so what's your number one tip for combating distractions when working from home Set protected blocks of time. Good. What's your favorite tradition or holiday? So, um, awesome vegan chef. <laughs> Amazing. Um, what's your favorite way to get in some exercise? Uh, so that's um, yoga and um, cycling, but most of all injuries having to deal with injuries they require exercise and stretching and stuff like that so being injured is actually um, one of the best things that keeps me on um, keeping fit and what have you okay um what's your most used emoji hands pressed together in prayer uh what's your source of inspiration so my, uh, I'm going to say Daisaku Okeda, he's my Buddhist mentor. Um, it's the biggest central part of my life. Oh, I'm trying to keep to a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Never give up. Never be defeated. Awesome. Um, how do you celebrate little victories? Uh, to be honest, I move on. <laughs> I am um, maybe a finger snap but amazing. I just I move on amazing um if you could see one movie again for the first time which one would that be so this is difficult is it Amelie or is it Leon and I think I think I'm gonna go for Amelie I'm a romantic it just I loved that film I loved how it was Sorry. <laughs> <One>. No problem. <laughs> Appreciate the effort. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could choose any two famous people to have dinner with, who would you invite? Dead or alive? No matter. It doesn't matter. So this is this leads on to the a question uh, thing yeah. I was talking about early on because I want to meet Sophie Shaw. I want to meet Audrey Hepburn. As an artist, looking at them gauging what they really look like in real life because I want to sculpt them. Right. And finally, um, what's your backup career? So I'm, I'm a closet painter. I think I'd love to paint in oils, but I just got too much sculpting to do. But I'm going to go for vegan chef. Wow. Okay. Okay, cool. That's, that's done and done. John, Thank you so much. I think that was like not only insightful, but also so inspiring. And I'm trying not to curse as well because we said we're not going to curse, right? But that was really inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Maria. It's so, been a, such a pleasure talking to you. You're a delight to talk to you. Thank you. Oh Thank my you very gosh. Much. Oh my God. I'm just going to go and celebrate my little victory now. <laughs> <laughs> How do you celebrate yours? Um, I think uh, I cook a lot of food for everyone I know or everyone I can reach. <laughs> I just like feed people. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful I'm, I'm a I'm a baker. So, you know, like not only oh. stress baker, I'm like success baker. So I'm like, that was amazing. We bake a cake. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably, you know, like that's that's yeah that's overdue yeah <laughs> okay john again like thank you so much for coming in the show really really appreciate that and uh um you know we should definitely catch up in some time when you publish something you know now made in zbrush and uh celebrate another milestone how about that love it love it great to meet thank you maria yeah thanks to you john cheers <laughs>
This is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and thanks for coming back to this podcast. If you like this episode and learned something useful, please give us a like. And if you've got any comments, feel free to drop them right where you are under this video description or send us an email to contact at Art Heroes Co. if you have any suggestions. And a quick announcement. From next week, we're going live and this podcast will feature guests in real time so that you can ask your questions and post any comments right during the interview thank you guys again and i'll see you next week thanks for listening to art heroes podcast check out www.artheroes.co for show notes more interviews and free tools made for you by our team of mentors tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work hero 